You're listening to the Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Podcast, a podcast created by supporters for supporters of the Austin Elite, a major league rugby team located in Austin, Texas in the United States. We are not officially affiliated with the Elite. We are merely big supporters of the club and the sport of rugby. I'm your host, Dustin. I'm a former rugby player and a longtime rugby fan who wanted to bring weekly updates on the team, the matches, supporter events, and to do what I can to teach more people about the game of rugby. As a disclaimer, content may occasionally contain explicit language, as I do not censor the podcast in the interest of time and full effect. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Podcast. Thank you for coming back to your weekly fix of all things Austin Elite Rugby. In this week's podcast, we'll take you back to school for your weekly education in our Rugby 101 session. We have another surprise Austin Elite Rugby guest that will be joining us to talk a little bit about rugby this week. I'll recap the game against the San Diego Legion. And, of course, give you all some updates on the latest going on with the Austin Elite Supporters Group. I always wanted to grow the game here in Central Texas and really around the country. Sometimes I joke around with other supporters about you know, what things should we teach or why do I even do the education portion in general? But as many of you may have seen, there are certain noticeable events that occur in rugby that just baffles new watchers to the sport. Well. As your unofficial teacher of rugby, sit down, pull out your notebooks, and your handy-dandy pens and pencils. It's time for everyone's favorite class. This is Rugby 101. As I said, every week I try to do my best to educate you in all things rugby. From the laws of the game to player positions and penalties. We'll take a short look every week at all the different things that make rugby what it is. In this week's Rugby 101 class, we discuss two of these very noticeable events I mentioned previously. The first is the one that everyone knows, but may not know exactly what's involved. That, of course, we're talking about the scrum. Now, I'm going to get on a small soapbox for a moment before I tell you all the important things about the scrum. I've heard the word being used completely out of context in multiple sports here in the U.S. And all I ask is that every sports announcer who's not broadcasting a rugby match, please stop calling a group of people around one another a scrum. It's not. The NFL is the absolute worst at this. A big pile of tackled players is not a scrum. Moving the ball in a mess of people to gain a few yards, not a scrum. Of course, stepping over a player to protect them and the ball after the play is dead, you guessed it, it's not a scrum. 
So please stop. So what is a scrum? In the simplest terms, a scrum is a contest for the ball involving eight players who bind together and push against the other team's assembled eight players for possession of the ball. Scrums are used for restarting play after a ball has been knocked on, a ball has gone forward, accidental offsides, and the ball has not come out of a ruck or a mall. So how do you form a scrum? If you remember back to week one, we talked about the forwards, the numbers one through eight. The eight forwards are the players who form the scrum. And of course, they have those corresponding numbers one through eight. And then there's a scrum half at number nine, who's responsible for putting the ball into the scrum. But we'll talk about him another time. Not that he's not important, of course. Of the eight forwards, there's the hooker, two props, two second rows, or locks, as Ben mentioned in last week's episode. Then you have two flankers and a number eight. And they all bind together in a three, four, one formation. Three in the front, four in the middle, one at the back. Ready to lock heads with the opposition. The first person I mentioned was a hooker. Now, let's all be adults and not snicker or anything like that. The hooker is a key player in the scrum. They sit in the middle of the front three rowers, and their job is to hook the ball back towards the waiting scrum half back at the back of the scrum. The two props on either side of the hooker do their best to make the hooker's life a little bit easier. They bind tightly on both sides of the hooker, leaving no gaps between them, and try to drive the opposition back. The prop to the left of the hooker is called the loose head because his head is placed to the outside of the opposition, leaving his head loose and open. The prop to the right of the hooker is called the tight head prop because they slot in between the hooker and the opposition loose head. Think of it as like putting puzzle pieces together. The two second row forwards, or locks, they bind tightly together and pack down by getting behind the front row and putting their heads in the gaps between the hooker and the props. So think about this. One lock puts his head between the loose head prop and the hooker, and the other lock will put his head between the tight head prop and the hooker. Next, you have the two flankers. They bind on both the props and the second row on either side of the scrum. And then finally, the number eight. The number eight's job is to pack down behind the second row forwards and put their head between the two second rows. This finishes off that 3-4-1 formation in the scrum. So now that we know how the scrum sets up, let's learn how a scrum starts. The two forward packs form a scrum by approaching within an arm's length of one another. The referee gives the command, crouch, and the opposing front rows then crouch. Then the referee calls, touch, and the props touch the opposite outside shoulders of their opponents. The referee then issues the set command, which indicates that the two packs may come together. When this happens, both front rows thrust forward with a tight head prop's heads going between the opposing hooker and loose head prop. The props then bind by gripping the back or side of the opposing prop's jersey. 
Then the scrum half, who we talked about earlier, from the team who has possession, rolls the ball into the gap formed by the two front rows. The two hookers then compete for possession by trying to hook the ball backwards towards the number eight with their feet, while the entire pack tries to push the opposing pack backwards. The side that wins possession usually transfers the ball to the back of the scrum, which is only done with their feet, and then once the ball is picked up by either the number eight at the back or by the scrum half himself, the play then resumes. Pretty easy, huh? And now you know all about scrums, how they are set properly, and now you can yell at all the American football games, specifically the NFL, for when they call something a scrum. It isn't. <laughs> okay, I'm off my soapbox now. Sorry. The second most noticeable event on the pitch, of course, is the lineout. Lineout is really another awesome sight in rugby. It is a way of restarting play after the ball has been knocked or kicked out of bounds past the touchline. The lineout consists of three to eight players from each side, up to 16 in total, of course, and is taken where the ball went out of play. The aim for each player is to simply get their hands on the ball for their team. So how does this work? The advantage is with the team throwing the ball in. They get the ball because they were not the team who last touched the ball before it went out of bounds. And they also get to decide how many players will make up the total lineout. Well, how do you form a lineout? Well, the eight forwards and the scrum half are the players who make up the lineout. The most important players are the hooker, the two second rows, or flankers, and the scrum half. They're responsible for getting the ball out to the backs or the rest of the forwards. That does not mean the other players have nothing to do. It's far from it. The lineout must be formed past the 5-meter line and no more than 15 meters from the touchline. And of course, both teams must have a 1-meter gap between them which is usually measured by reaching out your arms to measure about an arm's length away. The referee decides one team has purposely closed the gap, then a penalty will be awarded to the other team. Now, the hooker is usually the player with the job of throwing the ball into the lineout. Their aim is to find the jumpers, often those second row forwards, but it's not easy. The other team also wants the ball, and they'll be doing all they can to upset the hooker's throw. The hooker gets a call from one of the jumpers or one of the other players in the lineout, usually in a code that no one except your own teammate can understand, and the aim is to throw the ball at the jumper that they've selected. They must stand behind the touchline when they make their throw, and the throw must be straight down the middle. We call it the tunnel. Otherwise, the referee will have the lineout taken again, but this time, it's the opposition that gets to throw it in. So there's some important rules to remember with lineouts. First one is, a ball must be thrown straight. Pretty simple. All players not in the lineout must be 10 meters behind the last man in the line. No player can use one of the opposition uh, as support when they're jumping. That's just unfair. And then no player is allowed to push, charge, or hold another player in the lineout, nor can you try to tackle somebody while they're jumping in the air. That's also cheating. No player can also be lifted before the ball is thrown. And finally, no jumper can use the outside arm to catch or deflect the ball. It must be the arm that is in the 
inside part of the tunnel. Man, that's a ton of information in this class of Rugby 101. But we've learned about two of the most visible events in a rugby match. The lineout and the scrum. Make sure you join us every week for new aspects of the world of rugby. We'll try to teach you something new every week. And if you have any recommendations about topics to cover, or if you have general questions, just write them in the comments section of wherever you listen to our podcast. Your third lesson of rugby is now over. Class dismissed. I think it's important for the fans of rugby here in Central Texas to know who they're rooting for out on the pitch. I want to bring on the players to the podcast every week so that we can learn more about them. This week, our special guests in the team's vice captain, Zizan Ilan Putik. Welcome, Zizan, or Zinni, as everybody seems to call you from what I hear in the stands. We're grateful you've made it to the Supporters Podcast today. Uh, the Austin Elite fans love to know a little bit more about you. Um, so why don't you do us a favor? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, maybe, you know, how long you've been playing rugby, where you played before you joined the Elite. You know, just a little bit of your history and how you got to where you are now. For sure, perfect. Thanks for having me on the show, Dustin. No, um, obviously, my name is Zinzan Ilan Patik. I'm originally uh, from South Africa. I was born and raised there. I moved to the States back in 2008. I was 16 years old. Moved to the panhandle of Texas. As you know, not much rugby going on here. Uh, <laughs> football is king. So started playing football a little bit. Um, I did that for three years and then I ended up at West Texas A&M in Canyon Amarillo, played football there for one year uh, as a kicker, uh, didn't really enjoy it and then I ended up in Arkansas where I played for the Red Wolves up in Jonesboro, kind of the north uh, northeastern part of Arkansas, played rugby there for four years, graduated and then ended up in Austin, uh, fortunate to be part of that program but yeah, just that's kind of just my life in a nutshell so far, but grew up playing the game of rugby, started at the age of five, played it in primary school, which I guess is similar to, the, um, to elementary school in the U.S. or junior, junior yeah, high. Absolutely. Yeah, so played, played rugby my whole life until I moved to the States where I transitioned to football for a few years, and then I found myself back to basically my first love, which is rugby. So I would say roughly seven, 16, 17 years of rugby. Wow. That's great. Yeah. It's uh, it, it, there. I, I talked to a lot of people who, you know, have kind of played both sports. So it's nice to hear that they, they, you tried football for a little bit, but back to the first love, which is, uh, which is what we love too. So that's glad, <laughs> nice. glad, 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 glad you said that. So, so obviously, you know, in central Texas, th there's a huge rugby following. There's a huge football following. And some of those football fans are starting to learn more about rugby. Um, they're new to the sport and they're learning about all the different positions. So what I want to know, um, you've slotted in in a few different positions this season. Um, but what is, uh, how would you describe your main position on the pitch and, uh, what's the name of it? So you can kind of educate some of the new fans out there. So I play fullback, which, uh, in rugby, obviously those that are listening, you, the number on your back is positional base. So I play number 15. So like I said, it's fullback. So the easiest way for me to explain it compared to football, I feel like I've done this a thousand times, but for me, defensively, <laughs> I'm somewhat of what, what you'd say is a safety in football. I'm kind of like the last line of defense. And then on attack, 
I would almost say I'm almost like a free safety, uh, free um, uh, slot receiver, sorry, slot receiver in the sense that uh, I can kind of inject myself into the attack wherever I want to. Um, the nice thing with our structure too, when we're kind of in the middle of the field, we try and have two playmakers on either side of the field with mm-hmm. uh, 10 on the one side and then your fullback on the other side, your 15. So that's kind of the easiest way for me to explain it. And for the most part, I must say the Americans do kind of grasp the concept of, of a fullback in rugby yeah absolutely um so like you said you kind of work on different playmakers um on either side uh, you know the rucks uh, so where what other positions have you played this season and kind of can you describe those a little bit too yeah so um actually at arkansas state i played fly off which is 10 so i've, I've trained a little bit at 10 this year especially when timothy uh, Gearman, our, our starting 10 has been injured but then mm-hmm. in actual games i played a little bit of 13 which is uh, our outside center um also did that just we had some guys off uh playing f- for their national teams um especially uh, in the form of andreas that uh was in Uruguay playing for his home country. So I had to slot in at 13 there. I, I played there for two games, which um, I'm pretty familiar with the position. I played a few few games at that position back in South Africa and also at Arkansas State. Um, what I like about that position, just to add on to it, is, is once you get the ball in space, you kind of get a little bit more in space. So you do feel like you're more involved than than what you are at fullback. Sometimes I, I wait back then, kind of watch everybody else do it. <laughs> it more like uh, being part of the spectators that rather than getting involved in all the plays, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Especially <laughs> defensively, if, if our team's doing a good job, I literally just sit there and watch them do all the work, which is fun. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the season and the team so far. Obviously, you know, as, as you've talked, you know, and you and I talked beforehand, you know, the season hasn't gone as well as you would have liked so far. And unfortunately, five games in, you know, we're just you know, we're just with two points right now. And we had some really hard and close losses. Um, I don't want to put too much pressure on you to talk too much about all the negative things. But um, I'm just kind of curious to hear from you. You know, what are some of the things that you've seen so far? But what are some of the big positive points that you've seen uh, that have come from the team? Um, but that's obviously, it's always a tough question, um, especially to answer from my side, being a player and all, but at the end of the day, I must say the most positive thing is week in and week out. I feel like on a Monday when we show up, the guys are are eager to get back onto the pitch and eager to learn and maybe to, to correct our wrongs from the previous week. And like you said, unfortunately we've, we've been kind of on the the bad end of a few close losses, but that's reality at the end of the day. So, um, I remember as a young boy, um, I was playing for the second side of my school back in Bloemfontein, great college. And we, uh, it's a really, really good rugby school. And our second side used to play a lot of first sides and we ended up losing quite a lot of those games. And my dad once said to me that at the end of the day, as a, when you lose a lot, that's when you learn a lot. Because when you're winning, you always feel like you're on top. And I mean, for me and for this team, it's been a massive learning curve. Um, I think starting off the season, we were, we were kind of on a high and it's really humbled us to be at this, in this position. Owen five yeah. wants to be there, but it is a learning experience. Um, obviously, we've got a few new guys that have just signed and then the squad's getting bigger. And I'm just hoping that hopefully soon we'll, we'll play with a little bit more cohesion um, and we can only, I guess, only go up from yeah. <laughs> so. Only then at the end of the day, the way the games are shaping up, which is nice, you almost never know who's going to win. Um, 
the game. Yeah, all the games so far have been extremely close and, you know, you don't know who's going to win. And I think that's been kind of all through Major League Rugby. You know, a second ago, you're you're mentioning kind of that cohesion, right? So as you mentioned, you have, you know, people who away, uh, you know, playing for the national teams, people who are out injured, you know, the, the back line and, you know, the backs in general have had a different starting lineup pretty much every week. You know, how do you guys work to find and build that chemistry that's needed to, you know, to really produce those effective runs and to, to get those line breaks that we really need kind of moving forward? No, definitely. I think uh, at the end of the day, when, when the team's announced on, on a Thursday morning, that's usually when our squad gets announced so that we can have our team run with the starting side. And at the end of the day, I think the coaches look at our team and see how the guys are training throughout the week. And uh, obviously, you got to look at injuries, uh, which players are gone, uh, which ones are available. So at the end of the day, um, I think cohesion is important. But at the same time, our, our squad's small enough to where when these changes are made, I think we need to be um, confident in, in what position you slotted in that, that you can get the job done. I think that's the biggest thing is if everyone can kind of know that they have to go out there and perform on, a, on an individual basis. Cause I think then as a team, we'll, we'll play with way more cohesion. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously one of the biggest issues so far this season has kind of surrounded the team's inability to put points on the board. You know, there are times where we talk about, um, you know, talked with Ben about some of the issues with forward and, you know, not being able to close out inside the 22 or, you know, kind of shooting ourselves in the foot with, uh, with turnovers. You know, is there an outlying factor in the back line that you feel um, that has impacted scoring? And, you know, and what does the team do to kind of fix those type of problems? <laughs> I think uh, on a Monday, obviously, we sit down and, and we face the facts as to why we couldn't finish finish key opportunities in games. Uh, I mean, we can go back and watch film and you realize there's a few times in some games where you have 10 to 12 opportunities within a team's 22 to score and we just walk away with no points. Um, I think our biggest issue right now is is not executing on the basics. So that's kind of making your passes or winning the set piece because you can talk about how the forwards have kind of struggled in set piece, but then at the same time, the few opportunities the back line has gotten, we've kind of coughed it up as well. So in that sense, it's just for me, you got to get back to the basics. Uh, I always think of someone like the All Blacks, the New Zealand, I mean, they're the best in the world for and that's because they, they get the basics right. And that's your catch pass defensively making your one-on-one tackle, small things like that. And for me, a big thing is it always comes based down to you as an individual. If you get your job done, if you kind of focus on your kind of corridor, your channel, and you get your your job done, then you make the team that much better. So at the end of the day, I think we lack a little bit of basic skills. So that's definitely mm-hmm. something we've spoken about as as a leadership group um, from Ben, myself, and then we got a few other guys part of the leadership group and with the coaches. Is that something we want to focus on a little bit more? Which is also... Yeah, absolutely. Coaches are very um, open to, to ideas from the players itself. So hopefully uh, once we get back on Monday, that's something we'll definitely focus on. So you had a tough loss to the Raptors two weeks ago. Next week, you travel up to Glendale. What do you feel the backs need to work on the most this week to be successful against that strong Glendale backline? Um, at the end of the day, 
once again, for me, a big thing is watching film. Uh, that's kind of a trait I learned in, in football. In the U.S., they really, really study your opposition. So I think the biggest thing is you got to understand what your opposition number is going to be doing. Um, and then secondly, I just think us as a backline, we need to be a little bit more innovative and run the ball more directly. Um, but like I said, that the opportunities we've gotten in, the, in games, we just haven't used them in my personal mm-hmm. opinion. So I think it's one of those things that you just got to get back to the drawing board, see if you can be a little bit more innovative in certain situations and then also try and get that front foot ball. Uh, I think that's the big thing. If you can get a defense on the back foot, that's that's the key. that's when you can start punching holes into a defense. So, um, yeah, so I'm a big advocate on studying your opposition. We obviously don't know what Glendale's lineup will be with, with injuries or whether or not they'll have any Eagles back because I know they're missing quite a few guys. But yeah. there's someone like Atta Malifa that stepped in at 10 and had a brilliant game. So that that's kind of someone that we, we need to kind of control in a game like that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so at the end of the day, it's going back and seeing what, what mistakes we made in that specific game. Yeah. Well, on, on a positive side, you were nominated as the MVP index man of the match. So how do you feel about being nominated for a man of the match in last week's game? No, it's <laughs> people, especially family members and friends. They always congratulate one. And I know that's kind of a, a rugby tradition where each team kind of nominates an MVP. And I always mm-hmm. tell them it, it's never fun to to receive an award like that when you lose by 30 points. So yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I do appreciate the, the um, I guess, the award. But at the same time, it's... I would rather have the win and not get the award if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely on the same the same wavelength there. Yeah, well, yeah. so so Zenny, this week you get a bye week. Uh, the team gets a chance to rest, which I, I think is you know you and I talked is is well needed. What do you do as a player during this time to really remain focused, yet block out those first couple games and and really to relax right now? So I think the biggest thing is right after the San Diego game, which um, we obviously went into that week with with high hopes and with a really positive attitude. So losing a game in that that sort of fashion, I think, and kind of it was it was a kind of a low blow. And um, for me, uh, Andrew Sinula, obviously our team manager, and then also a player that stepped in, just told us that um, at the end of the day, this week, take the week off. Don't think about rugby just kind of switch off. And I think that's what's important. If we can actually, whether you go home to family or friends or just going to stay in Round Rock or in Austin, just to completely switch off and maybe watch some of the MLR games. And that's kind of what I've done. Um, just completely switched off because rugby obviously is my life, but I'd like to switch off sometimes. So I'm, I'm with family. Um, my sister just gave birth to, to her first son. So it's my first nephew. So very congratulations. So thank you. So that so those th- small things like that is really, I, I've cleared my mind. But it's Wednesday today, and I almost feel like I have to get back to back to. Uh, and, and, and you're joining us on a podcast, and I am now just asking you a bunch of questions to get you thinking about it again. So yeah, and actually prior to this podcast, you feel like just throws you how much rugby controls me. I was watching out from San Diego like prior to this podcast. So just. Yeah, just if you can take a few days to switch off and then mentally come prepared on Monday, I think that's the best way to to switch back on for the for the remainder of the season. Yeah, well, we we've talked for a little bit about fifteen minutes or so here. We talked with Ben last week. We did rapid fire questions, and we're going to do the same thing again this week with you. So, what's going to happen? 
I'm going to start a countdown. You're going to hear it. And then at the end, you're going to hear a big explosion when you know you're done. Maybe we'll get through all the questions. Maybe we won't. Uh, just the first thing that comes to your mind, I want you to answer it. Um, don't hold back either. Um, so when, when you're ready, we'll, we'll start the countdown and we can get going. Perfect. I'm ready. All right. Here we go. If you could be a professional in any other sport in the world, what would it be? Tennis. Tennis. All right. Uh, favorite, favorite rugby team growing up? Stormers from Cape Town, South Africa. Favorite TV show? Um, the Office. Teammate who is the best dancer? Uh, Chris Shade, for sure. Teammate who is the worst dancer? Mason Peterson, my roommate. By far the I felt like that went a little bit faster than normal. Hold on a second here. That's not fair. Yeah, that's hold on. I'm going to start. Oh, that was, that wasn't the full countdown. That was only like 30 seconds. Okay. We're going to, do you have a pregame ritual? Yes. Uh, I put on my left sock and then my right sock, then my left boot and then my right boot. <laughs> What's the last thing you cooked? Ah. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, actually, just chicken, rice, and broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Something you've always wanted to try but are too afraid to. Um, skydiving. Memorable career moment so far? Uh, probably my first national championship with Arkansas State back in 2012. Yeah. One thing you still own from your childhood? Uh, a rugby ball signed by Zinzan Brook, uh, whom, I, whom I'm named after. He's an all black. Ah, oh, nice. All right. You got through all of them. Little, little hiccup with our clock, down, clock count down there. So uh, <laughs> it'll be yeah, all right. No, it's good to have those questions there for you. Uh, for sure. Well, hey, Zenny, we, uh, we do really appreciate you taking time, especially on a bye week, especially trying to you know, just take some time off of rugby. It, it's, it's great that, you know, you guys you know, on the team are, are coming on and just chatting with us. I think it helps us kind of just get to know you a little bit better. Um, it, you know, kind of closing out anything that you'd like to say uh, to the fans listening or to any family members you may have listening. No, for sure. Uh, Dustin, thanks, man. We really do appreciate it. I know a few weeks ago we got this invite to join the, the Austin Elite supporters group on Facebook. And then we as players, we just got together and we spoke. We were like, well, it's actually amazing that there are a few guys out there that really care about us as a team. So want to thank you from, from, from a team's behalf. We really do appreciate that. Uh, even though our crowd's not always the biggest, the ones that are there truly do support us till the very end. So we really do appreciate that. Well, we, uh, you know, we appreciate that as well. And, you know, we love the support that, you know, everybody on the team has given us and all the families. So, so we thank you for that. And, you know, we, we look forward to the next game, you know, get some rest, you know, get a little bit of time off, get back out of the field. And we look forward to uh, seeing you guys come out strong against Glendale in two weeks. So uh, Zinni, we appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your night and, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Dustin. Appreciate it. Zinzan for joining our podcast this week. It's important to bring the players on so that you can learn about them and so they can teach you a little bit about rugby as well. And that it's not always up to me to teach you about rugby. So let's get it from the pros. Now it's time for a little team talk. This past Friday, Austin welcomed the San Diego Legion to Dell Diamond. 
And man, was it another tough game for the Elite. The Legion scored early through a J.P. Dupuis try and a Joe Peterson point after. But the Elite answered back through a penalty by Mikel Romero. San Diego used their power and pace to maul over a Dan Muir try. And then Devin Short had a try in the corner after a nice pass from Peterson to put the score 21-3 to San Diego. The Elite had a five-meter lineout, and after they won the lineout, the ball was intercepted in the end goal for another Legion try. Peterson slotted home the kick and took the lead to 28-3. Austin finally broke through the stout San Diego defense when Ben Mitchell literally broke through the line and fended off three to four players for the try. Romero converted the try as halftime approached for a score of 28-10 to to the Legion. The Legion started off the second half like they did most of the first half by good short ball and making the elite make tackle after tackle after tackle after tackle. And five minutes into the second half, San Diego dove over the try line once again to go up 35 to 10. A rare light of solid Austin play came through a great link up between Josh Larson and Alex Faison Donahoe, resulting in a Larson try. And after the conversion, the score was 35-17. And that was about all Austin had in them. A Dylan Odsley penalty kick and a try scored by substitute Toto Vassau gave the Legion 45-17 win. San Diego moves to the top of Major League Rugby with 18 points. And Austin remains at the bottom of the table with just two points from five home matches. It's been a tough road this season. And I feel the past two episodes have been about areas that we have not performed well, but they're positive takeaways. However, I feel this match was a culmination of poor performance, meeting up with a team in San Diego that is really just clicking on all cylinders right now. I mean, we cannot discount how good the Legion are. San Diego's scrum was solid. Dan Muir and Patty Ryan had great performances for them and really dominated in the front row. The backline play from the Legion was cohesive and fast, and they hit the lines at full speed and seemed to have no problem getting the ball out wide against us. Our side was just unable to get going. Yes, we gave the ball away easy, and really two of their tries were from interceptions, and the interception try in the end goal is just unacceptable. That was just a bad play on us, unfortunately. But there are moments when Austin plays great rugby. And it has to be said that Dominique Bailey had a great game with 27 tackles this week. Josh Larson also played solid, just had a great game as well. Scored one of the tries of the week in the link up with uh, with Alex. But the game was the biggest point spread that Austin has produced all year. Every other game has been very close and we could be sitting at three and two or even four and one if a ball had bounced differently or a different call had gone our way. This week, the elite have the week off on a bye, which I think is really needed. And like we discussed with Zenny, the team needs some time to get their minds off of rugby for a few days. But in non-game news, there was an announcement this week for an official signing of a new player. We signed Mo Abdelmonen, a flanker from Atlantic Rock Rugby who competes in the Canadian Rugby Championship. I heard there are also some lingering signings from the start of the year even that haven't taken place yet due to different issues. So hopefully these will all get handled out in the next few weeks. Stay tuned. 
to the podcast for more elite news and updates as we bring you all the latest team news as we get it. It's now time for our weekly supporters update. And man, we've been growing the past few weeks. And that's really exciting. We're starting to establish new sets of guidelines and working to become an official group by working with the leadership of Austin Elite Rugby. As the team has the week off and won't play until next weekend, we are starting to organize a, a meetup of sorts, maybe midweek of next week. And hey, maybe we'll do a live podcast with interviews with players and even some of you who attend the, uh, the meetup next week. Stay tuned for news on that as well. I will let everyone know what's going on and where the meetup will be held through our Facebook and Instagram pages. Finally, we're planning on a big tailgate event for the March 16th match at Dell Diamond. If you would like to help organize some of our events, please feel free to reach out to us. We have worked with Lake Austin Ales previously, and we're hoping to work with other groups and plan just a great turnout. So come out, bring your friends and family, and hey, kids are welcome too. This is a family sport, and we just want to continue to build the great group that we have. If you're looking to help us grow the recognition of rugby in Central Texas, we're asking that you reach out to myself or others in the group to find out how you can write the local newspaper or the local television stations to just say, hey, we want to see rugby on television here in Austin. We want to see at least a little bit of coverage on the nightly sports programs. I think that would be really great. So if you have any questions or you're looking to do something to help out the team, please feel free to reach out. We're always ready to welcome new people who want to be a part of this group. As always, if you're looking for more about rugby and a different podcast and Major League Rugby specifically, you can check out those guys over at Earful of Dirt. They really put on a great show and a good roundup of everything. And if you're looking for a great website, always check out DJCoilRugby.com. He's a member of the supporters group and we love his write-ups. He, he definitely does a great job over there. That's all the time we have on this episode. You can find our podcast on just about every podcast site now. We've been working hard to get those up. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all the latest podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and our Facebook page. You can just search Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Group. We're pretty easy to find. Thanks for hanging out with me. My name is Dustin and we'll see you on the pitch.